0: From the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio at the Gas South Convention Center in Duluth, Georgia, welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women, proudly presented by NEMA and Sourced.
1: And hello, friends, and welcome back to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. I am your host, Amanda Peerch marmalejo and as you know, this is the series that salutes and recognizes women leaders making an impact in our community. Today, it is my distinct pleasure to welcome our guest to the show. We have Paige Barry with Defense Storm, and she is the Vice President of Customer Solutions. Welcome to the show, Paige. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. Before we tell our listeners about Defense Storm, I would like to just share a little bit of how we met, if I may. Yeah, please. So as you heard on the intro, this show is brought to you by one of our partners at Sourced, and we were kindly introduced at a women's function at a friend of ours house, and we got to share some intimate time together over hors d'oeuvres and some adult beverages, and that's when I first got to meet you in a casual setting. Uh, you stood out to me and obviously to Chrissy and um, Gabrielle as well as they nominated you for this show. So I'm very excited to welcome you and have you share your story of success. Yeah,
0: thank you so much. We are both blessed to know Gabrielle and Chrissy. Um, I've been uh, watching them grow the Sourced Organization really since its inception. And uh, their commitment to women leaders
1: and connecting women leaders is Terrific. We need more of that. I agree 100%. And that's why we partner so well. So for our listeners that may not know what Defense Storm is, and to give me a little bit more information as well, give us an overview, please. Thank you. I'm very proud to talk about um, the company
0: that I have the opportunity to help lead. Defense Storm is the only organization that offers an integrated cyber risk management platform uh, with solutions and managed services that is built specifically for banking. So Mm. our clients are community banks and credit unions and financial technology companies. Um, We ensure that financial institutions can manage their cyber threats with a risk-based approach that ensures their operational requirements, both financial as well as it helps them support their, the regulatory environment um, and protect their
1: members and their account holders. Tell me about the name, because to someone who just hears Defense Storm, you might think it's a remediation company. So do you have any history on that? Yes, I do. Uh, Defense Storm was not the initial
0: name of the company. Um, when the company was started approximately nine years ago, there was another name that um, was used and it wasn't very long before we found out that that name was in use by another company. Ah. and so. Um, defense is the key word in our company name because when we first went to market, our solution was threat surveillance mm. and helping financial institutions defend themselves against bad actors. Um, and it creating a storm, right, mm. which is it was almost evocative of a military operation. Uh-huh. We really provide that support for our
1: financial institution clients. I love that. And it makes total sense now that you put the pieces together. Defense Storm. Well, you joined the team in 2019. And we all know, I hate talking about the dang pandemic. It's talked out. But I'm very curious because you're so passionate and all the solutions you provide are so important to the transition that we experienced to everybody working at home. Now we're all Zooming. Now we just have... If you don't have a VPN, what are you working off of? So talk about how that was kind of pivotal for what you guys do and you joining the company during that time. That's a great question. Uh, financial services, or specifically the
0: business that's conducted by community banks and credit unions, probably went underwent what, one of the most significant transformations as a result of the pandemic. When shelter-in-place orders were um, were first initiated, there were many community banks and credit unions who weren't yet equipped to support work from home. If you think about the business of financial services, um, though many of us may be used to interacting with our financial institution through mobile banking and digital banking, if you step back for a minute and look across all demographics, um, at all age groups, um, even um, rural communities versus urban communities, a lot of people were still conducting um, their financial business, if you will, by driving to the branch, maybe mm-hmm. driving through, going to the drive-through. Um, I think of my father, who is currently 81. He still likes to. Go in, have a cup of coffee, meet with the bankers um, while depositing a check or taking cash. Yeah, yeah, that's it's really social Mm -hmm. uh, for him. And so, what we saw at the beginning of the pandemic is banks and credit unions very quickly having to pivot to supporting remote work. Um, They closed their branches, even though financial institutions uh, were considered an essential function. Many of them operated with drive-through only services. Uh And then there was an incredible push to enable their both their retail and their business customers um, in their digital solutions. So there were people who may have been afraid of mobile banking or online banking prior to March of 2020 that, out of necessity, Converted. had to had to embrace it.
1: I very much enjoy the convenience of mobile banking, but I do understand you're like, oh my gosh, I'm on you know public Wi-Fi. Er- Scary, scary. You are very knowledgeable about this field. I'm curious what your background is prior to joining the Defense Storm team.
0: I have over 20 years of experience uh, serving banks and credit unions in a technology environment. So prior to joining Defense Storm in 2019, I spent 13 years um, at a company that provided core processing and uh, digital solutions, fraud solutions, networking solutions to community banks and credit unions. And even prior to that, I worked for an internet banking company who was one of the first companies actually to offer Uh, financial services solely online. Online. They were initially a branchless um, bank and then converted to a technology company. So I've had the privilege of working with community banks and credit unions for a very long time. When I joined Defense Storm, I brought that industry expertise and then specifically applied it to cyber risk management.
1: Wow. So backing up, you mean to tell me that Defense Storm didn't cater to that specific, um, what would you call it? arena until you brought it to the table
0: oh no no defense storm was always focused on financial services we've been asked by our clients i've been asked by people in the community um, have you ever considered branching out into other industries because our platform our solutions our services our people could very well be applied to other highly regulated industries Mm. that said our passion and our purpose is to build a community of trust within financial services so that we can grow and thrive together, grow and thrive with our clients uh, so that our clients can grow and thrive with their account holders and members and that even we can grow and thrive together you know, as fel- fellow employees.
1: It's funny that you say that because that's something that I wrote down and wanting to talk to you. First of all, I have to congratulate you because Cyber Magazine named you as one of the top 10 female leaders in cybersecurity, and I'm giving you air applause for that right now. How exciting and how, I don't want to throw the woman card out there, but you know, would you say that tech is a male-dominated industry as well?
0: I can tell you cybersecurity definitely is Is male-dominated for sure. And And you're
1: an outstanding woman in your field.
0: It was an incredible honor um, to be recognized by Cyber Magazine, uh, especially as Defense Storm continues to be a high growth company. And when I look at the other women recognized uh, in that article, it was, I mean, these are incredible individuals with stellar careers. And I think one of the things that's common among the women that were recognized by Cyber Magazine is we really have a passion for what we do. Um, it's not just about you know showing up and attending the meetings right. and doing the things,
1: it, it, it's really a mission. I can definitely see your passion within, and I think you apply that to all facets of your life. If we may, I'd like to take a personal turn. I'd love it. All right. So importance of developing collaborative partnerships and relationships. It's something that you do daily for work. But also it's something that I've noticed that you do personally, strategically, as we were seated at that event that I mentioned earlier. We were surrounded by, what would you say, eight to ten women in leadership Mm And uh, you stood out to me, not just because your like mega mom skills kicked in and you were just taking care of Gabby's baby and your daughter was there as well. Tell us how important it is to forge those relationships personally and professionally so that you can have a support system, a soundboard, or as I've heard other people call it, your tribe. I
0: think relationships is the foundation of. Any passion or purpose, um, any venture, business or personal—we're all people, right? That's how it starts. And so, regardless of our role, whether our role is that as an an executive, maybe it's a someone who's offering uh, services, nonprofit services in the community, as mothers, as spouses—it all starts from a relationship. And to me, relationships are. Founded in trust, so first there's trust, um, then there's understanding, and trusted relationships opens us up to new ideas and exposing ourselves to new ideas from. Different people with different backgrounds, maybe individuals who've dealt with different types of challenges, overcome different obstacles. All of that helps us expand our perspectives and really how we approach all aspects of our lives, both personal and professional.
1: I would agree with you. And uh, trust and understanding is, is key. May I ask you something personal? Yes, please. Trust for me is kind of hard because vulnerability, um, you know, leaves you open to the opportunity of being burned, putting trust in the wrong people. I mean, we all learn by trial and error. We've all done that, had that relationship, whatever the case may be. I recognize only through personal development and with age that I have a bit of a barrier up. Um, So I'm curious and I recognize through psychology and counseling (laughs) that it's because I've been burned in the past. What would you suggest to me or others or what have you done to maybe overcome that veil and allow yourself to be authentically you and completely trust?
0: I think there's really two types of people. There are those of us who enter into a brand new relationship and we offer the person that we're meeting for the first time 100% trust. So you start it at 100% and then only if there are experiences that erode that trust is there potentially a change to the relationship. But we have to respect the fact that the other side is there are those people due to life circumstances or it could just be you know how they're wired naturally is that you start with them at zero. And then you have to build that trust over time. I think it's important when we enter into new relationships that we either overtly ask or at a minimum, try to assess where the other person is coming from. Are they a, you get my 100% of my trust from day one and it's yours to lose? Or is it do we need to develop shared experiences, um, which could just be through conversation, that build that trust? I've had relationships, great relationships with um, both types of individuals, and there's nothing wrong with the individual with whom you start at zero. Um, it just takes a
1: little bit longer to build up that foundation. Thank you very much. I wrote that down. I really enjoyed that um, parallel that you gave her, the analogy, shall I say. Speaking of overcoming obstacles, it could be personally or professionally, would you be willing to share an obstacle that you have overcome that, um, you know, it kind of resonates with you because of where you're at today?
0: I would say the biggest obstacle I've overcome, and this is in all aspects of my life personal and professional, is self confidence. And, I frequently look back at the person that I was in my early 20s, um, even throughout my, my 30s and 40s. And I, I look back at times when I felt most vulnerable or most really inadequate. And I bring myself back to the best advice, career advice. and, and this is this advice is just as applicable to personal endeavors. The best advice I ever got that helped me change um, and helped me grow in my personal confidence was a gentleman uh, who I consider my greatest career mentor. And and he said, Paige, the day you see in yourself what everyone else already sees in you, there will be no limit to your success. So I think it's natural when you start doing something new that you're a little insecure. I think a lot of us would feel that way. Um, And just reminding myself that, you know, a lack of experience um, is not a reason for insecurity. It's just a lack of experience. And the older we get, the more life experience we have to apply to all the new opportunities that are presented to us. And so- I think my greatest obstacle, um, which is a lack of self-confidence, it, it happens less often the older I get. Um, but even in new, brand new situations where I'm doing something for the first time, I just have to remind myself that yeah, I've
1: already got what it takes to be successful. And at what time or what point? Obviously, the mentor that you mentioned said the day you see yourself, the day you see in yourself what everyone else sees, you will be what was the rest of it? Um
0: there will be no limit
1: to your no so, to your ability to be successful.
0: And to hear somebody else hold up that mirror to me, uh, probably a mirror you know that I, I'd never used before, incredibly powerful. I was probably 23 when I got that advice, and it was such an aha moment. It was somebody who I I um, really respected, was trying to follow in his shoes from a career perspective, and for him to recognize that there was already greatness in me mm-hmm. without a lot of experience. Um, it was very empowering.
1: 23. I was That's 23. That's exciting. <laughs> I'd say mine, you know, came later than that. So congratulations. And that is so powerful. I wrote it down. Thank you for sharing. Um, I think that women to be generic, um, but I'm sure all people deal with that negative self-talk, you know, or, you know, the skirt doesn't look good on me. However, people refer to it. How do you personally combat that? You know, some women are all about, I got a sticky note of positive affirmations on my mirror. And that's all fine and well. You know, you can drill it into your brain like getting up and doing 30 push ups every morning. But we're still humans and we have emotions. So if you experience that at all, what do you do to combat that?
0: I think in some situations, it may just be taking time to take a deep breath and a step back. Um, I love one of my favorite sayings is sometimes you have to slow down to speed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's natural adrenaline that happens when we are approaching a new task uh, or maybe um, meeting new people. And so a, a deep breath and and a, a word to self of, I got this. I, I just got this. Um, and sometimes you say it before you really feel it and internalize it. Um, I know that there are lots of, uh, women and I even think some men who have adopted the, uh, Amy Cuddy power pose, Uh um, which to this day still feels a little silly to me, but it. It is effective. It really is effective. I don't know
1: what that is. I'll have to look it up. I know what a power pose is, but Amy Cuddy.
0: Yeah, she she uh, made it very popular. And I think she's got a book and and a podcast. And uh, the company that I worked for prior to uh, Defense Storm, um, our global marketing team was big on you know really. Um, boosting your self-confidence especially before doing any public speaking
1: and uh they highly recommended that power pose so i'll have to check it out thank you for sharing that before we shift gears i do just want to thank our sponsors at nema and sourced and here is a message from our partners NEMA is a full-service logistics company that provides trucking, warehousing, and expedited deliveries for the paper machine clothing industry. They offer a full line of services, including delivery within the 48 contiguous states, Canada and Mexico, plus importing and exporting, air freight forwarding services, foreign trade zone warehousing, and many more services to handle your global logistics needs. NEMA is a proud sponsor of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women podcast series. We know running a business is
0: hard. There are so many things that need to get done and you don't have the time, the resources, the experience, or you just don't wanna do it yourself. At Sourced, we have your back, Office. We support leaders of companies with all their back office challenges that weigh them down. Whether it's accounting, talent acquisition, administrative support, marketing or human resources, our team of experts at Sourced will make your life easy and
1: your back office effortless. To see how we can help you, check us out at GetSourced.com. All right, and welcome back to Celebrating Powerhouse Women, the series that salutes and recognizes women leaders making an impact. In studio today with me is Paige Barry, and we were learning all about personal development and overcoming obstacles and challenges. And I'm just so thankful that you're willing to open up and share your passion with me and our listeners. So turning the corner page uh, again, referencing the time that we met, your daughter was present. So tell our audience a little bit about your family and um, about what you do recreationally. Thank you so much. I am so
0: proud of my my family. It's it's really what grounds me in everything else that I do. Um, about two weeks away from celebrating twenty five years of marriage with my husband Bob and. Um, we were married on Halloween, which I think is its a fun Exciting. way to celebrate uh, our anniversary every year. We have two incredible children. We have a 23-year-old daughter. Uh, and a 19-year-old son. Our daughter graduated from college about a year ago. Uh, She graduated with a degree in East Asian Studies and is fluent in Korean. And we expect she's actually in the process of um, negotiating a a contract, an employment contract, to teach English in Seoul, South Korea. Korea? Wow. She had the privilege of studying at Yonsei University for a semester in her senior year of college and just and just loved it there. Felt like she kind of belonged there. And uh, she's very excited about the opportunity to return. And our son is studying jazz at Florida State University. Very excited. He's taking after both his dad, my husband, and his grandfather, who was both a teacher of music and a jazz bassist um,
1: in his own right. So, following in family music footsteps. Very talented uh, children that you created and also you and your husband too. I am so ecstatic for your daughter. What an amazing accomplishment and what a wonderful way to serve and going immersing yourself in the country in which you elected to to learn the language and teach English.
0: Yeah, there's such a cultural focus in South Korea uh, for education. And they many, many, many parents enroll their children in English classes um, starting as early as kindergarten and probably some even earlier. It was interesting. I've been helping uh, my daughter review and negotiate her employment contract uh, for the role in uh, Seoul. And it was fascinating to see that even the employment contract indicates that Um, She is to speak only English. Um, Now, she's a she's a top candidate for the role because of her ability to read and write and speak Korean. Korean, uh,
1: But they want they want her to uh, speak almost entirely in English. (laughs) At least she has the comprehension piece. She does. What was her uh, inspiration, like out of every language that she could have pursued so uh, you know, fervently Korean? What was, uh, if you know? I do what was
0: the story behind that? I think it started for her in middle school with um, uh, she got introduced to and became a huge fan of Korean culture, um, including uh, Korean popular music. And when she started in high school, she joined the Korean American Student Association. And as a blue-eyed blonde, I will tell you, she she, she did kind of stand, stand out, out <laughs> in that group. Uh, but she earned a um, accord for graduation because it wasn't just... Um, participating in weekly meetings. She also did volunteer work in the mm-hmm. Korean American community here in uh, Gwinnett, Gwinnett County. And so it, it was a great group. So she started learning Korean through that after school activity, um, really got involved, and that was the springboard for her studying
1: Korean and East, East Asian studies in college. Now, did she go on to have, uh, in my time, it was a, an exchange program. You know, like, what did she go do? You know, you mentioned that she's going back. So did you guys send her to Korea just for, um, you know, on your own for her own adventure? Or was it associated with a a program within school?
0: It was, um, I'll say it was affiliated with uh, the University of North Georgia. But I want to give her um, a lot of recognition. My daughter, that is, uh, she knew where she wanted to study in South Korea, um, specifically Yonsei University. And though her university did not have a program relationship with Yonsei, uh, Kensley found a way to attend that university and still have all the credits transfer, and she did this just as we were coming out of the pandemic. In fact, wow. so she went in. I believe it was August of 2021, and that was the first semester where South Korea was re- had reopened mm.
1: to um, students, students from abroad. Yeah. That's just very cool. I think we could have a whole separate conversation about Kinsley. I'm noticing a pattern here, though, the passion that your daughter has and the fire to go out there and get it. And I'm seated across from her mama here. So they always say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. What would you say you as a parent and as a powerhouse woman look to instill in your daughter? You've already done a lot of that. You have equipped her with all the tools for success. Yes, she has grown as an individual and she has her own talents as well, but obviously you have led by example. So I'm curious, what were some of the things that you did throughout her her growing up or if you're even aware to set such a great example for your daughter?
0: I think the first example I set for both of my children uh, when they were very young is to have a heart for service. When I think about my own career, my first job out of college was in the hospitality industry. And so that's that's the professional side. Um, but having a heart for service for others and an appreciation for others and building relationships, I think that I've worked hard to teach my children that I'll be candid and counsel, you know, should she listen to this would probably not be too excited about me sharing it, but she shares a lot of the personal insecurities that I think a lot of women do. And now that she's a college graduate, we spend a lot of time talking through the best way to approach, um, situations where she's, she feels less confident, um, you know, with 30 more years of life experience than she has. It's sometimes it's just helping her break down uh, complex decisions into Mm -hmm. smaller pieces and helping her understand you don't have to have all the answers. You just don't. Um, And in fact, the younger you are, the more likely you are not to have all the answers and that's okay. It's, feeling confident that you're already equipped to do what you
1: want to do, even though you may not yet have all the experience. I can see that. Thank you for sharing that. And I hope Kinsley does listen and I think that she'll be flattered and not, not uh, pull your leg about it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking a lot about influence and I'm curious who has been instrumental uh, throughout your career and throughout your growth um, as an individual. Did you have a mentor that you, Uh, relied on were either of your parents you know your rock when I think about
0: how my parents influenced me both personally and professionally they probably are the individuals that have had the greatest impact on me my mom probably one of the most generous loving creative people. Now, I got the generous and loving part. I didn't get the creative.
1: Your children did.
0: Uh, Yes, my (laughs) children got all the creative and they got it, you know, uh, probably from my recessive genes and and certainly from my husband, who's incredibly gifted, a gifted musician, gifted leader. My dad uh, worked very, very hard. Um, He traveled a lot for work. He, work was always his primary focus. And I don't mean to say that 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 his family wasn't. Um, But I watched my father closely. I'm the oldest of three children. I watched him very closely dedicate himself and his time and his talent to providing for our family. And, you know, the standard of living we had when I was in kindergarten was not nearly as high as the standard of living we had as a family when I was graduating from high school or going to college. And so my dad really set for me, the example of here's what it looks like to support a family. And his primary goals were to offer all three of his children the ability to go to college with uh, fully funded uh, so that we could graduate with a bachelor's degree without any uh, debt. financial debt. Mm-hmm. What an incredible gift. And so I would tell you as a parent um, and, of course, meeting the right person, marrying the right person with the with, with similar values, uh, that was The same goal we had is to raise children who had a heart for service um, and to set them up so that they felt educated and and their first step into the world was with a degree and without a lot of debt.
1: That is a wonderful gift. I'm sure a lot of students are listening out there and they'd give their left pinky toe for a debt-free, <laughs> debt-free slate. Um, that's really nice that your dad did that. I come from a traditional conservative household to where education was put on, on the forefront, and we are very fortunate to have had parents that care so much about our futures. Being that you are in a leadership role, and leadership is something that is a common theme within this conversation, if you were to define your leadership style, how would you do so? That's a great question. Um,
0: How would I define my leadership style? Engaged. That's the first word that comes to my mind is engaged. I have had a personal relationship of some sort, you know, some more close than others with everyone, certainly everyone that's ever reported to me directly, but I've wanted in every team I've led, I've wanted to know something personal about everyone on the team. It might be, I know the name of your dog, or I know where you like to vacation. Um, Maybe I know you like to crochet or you're an avid reader. Um, that has always been important to me. Again, it, it brings us back to what we talked about earlier, which is relationships. Mm-hmm. Whether we're working or whether we're doing something out in the community, it all starts with a human and personal relationship. And and when you start there, then all other interactions, all other conversations, even you know, dealing with high stress issues or talking to an employee about how they may not be achieving you know, their personal best, those conversations
1: get easier when you start with a foundation of trust. Trust is also a common theme of this conversation. Would you indulge me in playing a game? I'd be happy to. <laughs> if you were queen for the day, what would be your first order of business? It can be here in Gwinnett, it can be in Georgia, it can be in the world, it can be wherever. I would... Uh, schedule a meeting
0: with the cabinet. Of course, I think about it in very American political (laughs) terms. Um, I would schedule a meeting with the leaders and I would want to hear from all the leaders what they think is going exceptionally well and where they think time, financial support and attention needs to be paid. Like what are the problems, Mm -hmm. the top problems or top issues that need to be solved. I think it's great to listen to leaders share, hey, this is what's going really well, and then engage with them on things that they may be struggling with or where they see struggles.
1: That's amazing. I love that you took the global approach. I've asked an array of people that, and you'll laugh at this. Uh, A response I got just last night was actually play tennis and drink beer. (laughs) And I said at the same time, Can you do that at the same time? But it's funny to see where someone's mind goes initially when asked that question, because there's no limitations. And I love that you took a global service approach. Yeah,
0: I would love to. It's funny because when I think about how I how I like to spend my free time, um, anyone who knows me knows that I'm a very, very outgoing introvert. And so I spend a lot of my day, my professional day, even uh, personal time out in the community meeting with people. Uh, But as soon as there's an opportunity to not have something on my to-do list, I'm at home by myself Mm -hmm. reading a good book. So it's funny to me to hear that I really would Mm -hmm. sit sit around, I would engage with others to talk about opportunities, even though probably the first thing I'd really like to do is put my feet up and read a good book. (laughs)
1: I am with you 100%. Uh, just that feeling when you get home of relief, you know, you kick off your shoes and it's just like, ah, I love it. Okay, going along with with the game, and thank you for indulging me, uh, word association, if I may. So you were talking a lot about trust and understanding and you yourself are a very passionate person. I'm curious what perseverance means to you.
0: Perseverance I think there's so many other words that come up to mind, fortitude, temperance, patience, prayer. Mm -hmm. Perseverance to me is being willing to stay in the game, continuing to run the race, even if you're not at the head of the pack.
1: Yes, or even if you need some water, yeah, for sure. you're dying of thirst. I'm um, asking you this specifically because I've witnessed this, and I think that you are a nurturer. So what does it mean to you? To, to nurture? nurture,
0: listen, support, engage, understand, um, I agree with you. I am a nurturer. Mm-hmm. I am a. I was probably, you know, born to be a mom, and and I am very grateful for the opportunity to have um, participated in the raising of of two individuals who are who are now young adults. But anyone that has worked uh, near me knows that I I'm pretty mom like even in my profession. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's. Core to who I am, and it's because I care. I just generally care about people. Um, and it feels good. You know, you encounter somebody, even a complete stranger, and often see what their day is like just by looking at their facial expressions or watching their nonverbal communication. And if you can see, like, you can encounter a complete stranger, I think of like getting gas or, uh, in line at the grocery store and you can tell who's stressed and who's happy and to be able to encounter somebody and then align your interaction with them to where they are. You know, Mm -hmm. if they're happy, Hey, what are we celebrating? Or if they seem to be carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders, just offering a smile or a, or a, positive word. Um, yeah. One of my favorite things to do is to let people, so this may sound silly, but uh, let people go in front of me in line at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You know, the person who yeah. only has like two, A couple three things, things yeah. and I've got the whole basket. Yeah. Even if I've started putting myself on the belt, just just those little things, you know, doing little, offering little acts of kindness, little acts of relationships, even with, with complete strangers.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, something came to mind. Um, I'd love to introduce you. Dan knows our our friend, Steven Julian, and I think you guys would have something in common. He's a co-host on one of our shows, but he's a dear friend of mine and also a man of faith. And I was sharing something with him in conversation not too long ago, and it wasn't the greatest information. And he looked at me and he said, Amanda, that sucks. And I was like, oh, the audience can't see my face. I was like, yeah, Stephen, it does suck. And he goes, you know what I mean? Sometimes your friend, your, a friend just needs to tell you it sucks and just be here with you. Just be here with you in this space, understanding the suck. And that's probably a horrible word. What can I use in substitute for that? It stinks. <laughs> stinks. It stinks. Um, and it's a unique quality to be able to do that with someone I find it uncomfortable to be in that space with someone that is grieving or, you know, needs something, not because my lack of compassion or empathy, but because I feel like I need to do Mm -hmm. or something. So I think you possess the quality to sit and to be nurturing just in that space with someone. And I don't know if you're born with it or if it can be taught because I'd love to learn how to do it. (laughs) I think to journey
0: with someone who is struggling and the struggle can be really small. Like I got a flat tire on the way to work and I was late for a meeting. Right. And so your whole day kind of starts off bad or it could be you you are, you know, of somebody who is experiencing a loss, a divorce, a death. Um, We don't have to have had that experience before in order to journey With and I think there's I think nurturers we're wired to how do I jump in and help but sometimes help is just walking
1: alongside Mm. so powerful and there is power in silence thank you for letting me get all deep and dish with you Paige I've really enjoyed it I have a couple more questions for you because our time has flown by wow do you believe it and there's not even a clock in here had to keep looking. I would love for you to share one of your favorite memories within the past twenty years of our with our audience. I would ask you a childhood memory, but you have children who do so many awesome things, so your favorite memory might include your family. I'm curious what uh, is something that was memorable to you within the past couple decades.
0: You know it's funny that you you offer that question going back so far um, I have terrible like terrible, terrible, terrible short term memory. Um, I, I try to explain it to my husband by saying I, I, I'm i presented with so much information. I just parse out a, yeah. a lot of things. I would say one of my, probably one of my greatest memories um, is in the last 20 years. I think it's watching my children thrive. And, and and they've they, they've demonstrated that in many different ways um watching them graduate from high school watching our daughter graduate from college and seeing in them their own sense of pride that smile that says i did it and knowing that my husband and i had a role in that but so much of their accomplishments are theirs mm-hmm. and and so watching them become adults or or near adults and knowing that I had a role in that I think that that's probably my greatest memory so I would say high school and college graduations Mm -hmm. for my children
1: I can imagine I'm not a parent myself but I can imagine the joy and the um just delight that you you receive in successfully parenting humans (laughs) Page for anybody out there that would like to maybe connect with you to learn more about your company or just have a conversation with you because you're so exciting. Could they connect with you on LinkedIn? Where would be the best way?
0: Absolutely. You know, I, I tell a lot of people uh, to connect with me through LinkedIn. I actually have a group on LinkedIn. It's called Little Flower job search Uh, assistance. You can tell that I don't, I I don't have expertise in marketing because it's really way too long. It's a group that I started on LinkedIn, uh, I believe in 2009. Uh, One of the things we haven't had an opportunity to talk about that I'm absolutely passionate about is I've been a volunteer job search coach for most of the last 20 years. And it is a blessing that, um, has come out of really my career experience. So taking my own career experience as a hiring manager or hiring executive for the past 20 to 30 years, and then providing that um, experience and guidance to recent college graduates all the way up to C-level executives. Um, really, since 2009, there's been a tremendous amount of ups and downs Um in uh, jobs. There've been far more people in the last 20 years who have had to change jobs because their job was eliminated than probably in the, the last 40 years, if you will. So that's where I like to connect with people. And it's, it's an opportunity to connect with me, but it's also an opportunity to connect with other. hundreds of other people. And so it's a way to get to meet me, but also a way to uh, network with other professionals, many of whom are are kind of Atlanta based, but some who have uh, migrated to other parts of the United States. And it gives us all an opportunity to uh, network with each other and help others uh, Mm -hmm. who find themselves in transition.
1: I'm going to join the group if I may. You may. I would love it. Thank you. I want to ask you about service. You mentioned service above self, and that is the Rotarian way. Are you a Rotarian? No. No? Okay. I, I guess I may, maybe I should be. Hey, you know, there's a Rotary app. I'm a big proponent for the Rotary Club. If you'd like to join me in Forsyth at 7.30 on Tuesday mornings, you're welcome to, but I know there's a lot of great Rotary Clubs here in the Gwinnett area. What do you do personally as far as service um, you and your family or alongside your organization? I'm so glad you asked that question um,
0: because until I was 35 or 36 years old the answer to that was nothing or nothing that is significant enough that I can remember and I'd love for your listeners to know that you know life is busy especially you know for women who are married and their're mothers and they're also either currently leaders or they're working to become a leader um, so when I was in in the earlier stages of m- my career career building and and family building, I didn't really do a lot. And then in 2006, I lost my job and losing my job was like losing my sense of self. I was shocked. I felt inadequate, like how could my company no longer need my services? And it was a life-changing experience, like holistically, because at that time, um, it actually caused me to, or motivated me to re-engage with my faith. And it was the springboard event that led to, uh, being of service. I think I stepped back and had an opportunity to step back and look at my life and say, look at all the, all the blessings, look at all the gifts I've been given. I think it's time to give back. And so I started teaching Sunday school, um, My children and I signed up to facilitate bingo at a nursing home once a month, a great way for me to be of service, but also teach them how to be of service. And then uh, becoming a job search coach, which um, back in um, 2000, uh, between 2006 and 2010, I think I was teaching a class on a monthly basis. And now I do one-on-one coaching and don't really advertise that I do that, but I just, people have a way of finding me and, um, what a blessing to be able to meet complete strangers. Um, I will tell you, I've had some incredible friendships come out of, uh, that started as, uh, job search support, uh, meetings. And so to me, it's, there's no really, uh, I don't really distinguish, Service differently from It's part of your everyday life. It's kind of part of, of
1: everyday life and, and what a gift to be able to serve others. I would agree with you. Paige. As we round the end of our segment, I would love for you to have the final thought or leave our listeners with some parting words of wisdom.
0: You actually um Thankfully, it told me that you were going to ask that question. So of all the things that you've asked, this is probably the, the only one for which I've, I've actually kind of prepared an answer. But in full candor, it, when you and I spoke just to arrange a date um, to do the podcast, you told me that this was how you were going to wrap things. And there's one phrase that instantly came to mind and it was, um, or it is, seek first to understand And I I tell you that this is my leave behind because it is something where I can look back and say I didn't do it very well. When I think of experiences, I've had especially stressful relationships. Um, Maybe I have not taken the time to really understand uh, someone else and their perspective or maybe what they were going through. And when I have been at my best both personally and professionally. It's when I have taken time to understand someone else, uh, what they're going through, what their goals are. Um, and I, I will tell you, this is you, we used to write this on a, uh, on a whiteboards, uh, in our office because work is stressful at times. Right. And, and actually one of the things that, um, you can get some of the greatest results in business um, out of healthy conflict. Mm. Um, at Defense Storm, we call it polishing rocks. We're polishing rocks. Um, and we've got this great image of a, you know, a, of a grinder, right, where you put in the, um, the rough rocks and you turn mm-hmm. them around. And I think there's sandpaper in the middle and turn them around and you polish those rocks long enough and they come out really shiny, shiny and smooth. And to understand somebody else, especially when they're animated, angry, um, frustrated helps remove, I think some of the ego and allows you to slow down, um, to understand that other person and get more breadth of their current position. Um, their current thought process and taking time to understand somebody
1: else um, and their perspective is helpful, I think, in all relationships. You know, I don't know if you listen to Andy Stanley, but I enjoy his podcast very much. And he always says, be slow to speak and quick to listen. Mm -hmm. Slow to speak and quick to listen. Sounds very similar to that seek first to understand. And that does require a little bit of effort, you know, mentally. Sometimes there is no catch between what is going on in my brain and what comes out of my mouth there's no pause so you have to intentionally catch that thought hold on to it for a bit before you leap into action
0: i agree i think it's hard i think we all have to practice it and i'm right there with you sometimes my mouth gets ahead of my good intentions um i'm sure that there are people who are going to listen to this who kind of chuckle to themselves when they hear me say that um yeah, sometimes we just have to slow down. And, and and learning to slow down when things are stressful, are most stressful, is probably one of the best things we can practice.
1: Hmm. Well, you heard it from Paige, Seek First to Understand. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining us on our show today. I think you offered our listeners some some very interesting conversation for our guest today, Paige Barry, with Defense Storm, I am your host, Amanda Peerch marmalejo and we are actually broadcasting remotely in a room at the Gas South Convention Center next door to the studio because our studio owner and president, Mr. Mike Salmon, is calling the Olympic Games. Got to give them a shout out for that. Thank you again, Paige, for joining us. You know, you can listen to these shows 24-7 wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And we are live every Friday morning at 1130 a.m. You can enjoy this show by going to businessradiox.com and selecting the Gwinnett Studio. I would love to connect with you on LinkedIn as well. Amanda, P-E-A-R-C-H space M-A-R-M-O-L-E-J-O. And until next time, this has been Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X.